don't shrink from yourself. I mean, the universe doesn't create waste. You know, mm-hmm. you are you are not waste. And any time that you shrink from yourself, shrink from your full fullness and the and all of the juicy things you have to offer the world, you are denying the world an essential thing that the universe created. Welcome to Baddies with Business. I am your host, Maloran Hodge. Come with me on a journey as I create a space to chat with Black women about their aspirations, struggles, and learnings within business. Learn and grow as we talk about how being a baddie and business go hand in hand. So baddie, tell us about yourself. Hey, so my name is Ideal Ortiz, currently residing in Durham, North Carolina, by way of Corona, Queens, New York. And so, but Durham is home, the bulls are home for life. So I love it here. And it was a place that definitely nurtured me to get to the point that I am now with being an independent entrepreneur. Mm, I like that. So let's hear more about idealisms. Hmm. So, you know, this has been like such a quirky little journey, but um, right now, the way I like to say is that Idealisms offers consulting services at the intersection of equitable engagement, community development, and planning. And a lot of people are like, what? That's a few little things. But, you know, um, I'm all about developing and improving the quality of life for Mm -hmm. um, communities that I serve, in this case, mostly Black and Brown communities. And a lot of the keys to that, to improved conditions, is the quality um, and the integrity, quite frankly, of the engagement strategies leveraged in the interest of things that are happening in community, mostly related to like planning functions, right? um, A government. So there's that aspect of it. And then there's also the consulting services that I offer to the players in the ecosystem that are often part of these processes. So your local nonprofits, your local community groups. So anybody really can get it as far Mm -hmm. as these consulting services. It might be the government in some cases to help them improve their strategies for how they engage their residents, their constituents, their taxpayers. Mm -hmm. And it might be the taxpayers themselves in the form of community groups or organizations that are focused on specific issues that improve their quality of life. Yeah. So can you tell me a little bit more about your journey getting to this place of creating idealisms? Listen, it's it's a wormhole. Um, So... (laughs) You know, when I went to school at UNC Chapel Hill, my thought was that I was going to follow in the footsteps of my namesake. So I am named after a writer in my family. So I went to the School of Journalism. Um, That was my like West Indian practicality coming out. It's like you couldn't just be a writer. Right. But to say you were a journalist felt more accessible, I think, to me and to like justifying the expense of school to my family. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Being like, I'm going to go be a starving artist. It's like, nah, y'all have read newspapers. Right. Like, you know, you know, and even though my aunt had done it, she was a university professor. So she was mm-hmm. like a teacher of literature and, and she's a poet and she writes children's books. And so I personally didn't want to be in the university system. So it was like, what other way could I do it? So I I got a journalism degree. And shortly thereafter, um, just kind of saw as I got out, 
you know, that there are these, well, while I was in school, I saw that there are these causes I was really interested in. And as I interned, I realized that a lot of nonprofits have tons of people who have like poli sci or sociology degrees, Mm -hmm. but are really bad at messaging. And as someone who had been the target of a lot of that messaging growing up, I was like, y'all's messaging is whack. And so I thought I could take these skills from my journalism degree, my public relations background and import them into nonprofit organizations that were working on, you know, causes that I believed in. So I started my work, honestly, in civil rights, mm-hmm. doing a lot of events around engaging people on what are their rights when approached by a member of the government? Um, what are your rights within the education system? Um, what are your rights in terms of voting? Um, so those are the kinds of things I did. And then shortly after that, all that advocacy work kind of transitioned itself um, to public health okay. in the form of the fight against big tobacco, youth versus big tobacco. And mm-hmm. so thus began more like a deepening of my work with young people specifically and learning more about change at scale through public health strategies. Yeah, And so um, I, I stayed committed to that work for 14, 15 years Um, in a variety of different roles, but kept bumping my head up against the government layer around city planning and community development plans that have are often laid out 10, 20 years before you arrive with your cute little public health campaign, right? (laughs) And you're wondering why is it so hard to get the playground in the part of town where obesity rates are the highest? Why is it so hard to get a grocery store to be near the communities that need it most? Like there's all these decisions that you're fighting so hard for, but there was like an invisible sort of dynamic that a lot of people in public health are were not talking about when I was doing this work. And that's how eventually I stumbled into this piece um, was that a lot of my communities were having a hard time with this work from a technical perspective. And out of solidarity for them, I mm-hmm. joined a commission in my own city, the Bicycling and Pedestrian Advisory Commission mm-hmm. to deepen my own sort of knowledge bank yeah and fell and fell down the entire rabbit hole with that and then went on to um put on a national conference and hosted it here in durham called the untokening which Mm -hmm. is one of the largest gatherings for urban and transit planners of color in the country and so yeah like just went it just just went went, like (laughs) months of like my other job and then like starting this new venture, um, mm-hmm. idealisms and being independent. And that's how that got started. Wow. It, it's so interesting because like, I know you and I just didn't know these twists and turns. <laughs> I mean, really what it is, is I follow, I followed my passion and I wanted fewer barriers and boundaries and mm-hmm. institutional rails yeah. Stopping me from stuff. And I'll tell you something that was really crazy that someone told me that really did set me up. So my good friend, LaTroya Hester out of Atlanta, Georgia, when my the last job I held where I was employed by someone else, um, it was a pretty big deal, this job. You know, it was in philanthropy at a really highly visible, well-respected philanthropic organization. And 
I was like telling my people, oh, I have this offer. What do you think? Mm-hmm. And so in running this by her, because it was a big decision, I was leading an organization that I co-founded to potentially pivot into this whole new side of my field, which is in funding the public health work, yeah. not just doing the campaign. And um, she said, hmm. she just was like, hmm, I mean, it's, it's okay. And I was like, what? You don't think this is awesome? What you talking about? They about to double my salary. Right. And she was like, yeah, but ideal, if you go, it'll be great for like the things you learn and the contacts you make, mm-hmm. but I don't think you should stay there for more than five years. Mm-hmm. And I was like, word, why? And she said, because the best of what you have to offer belongs in the wild. And I was like, what? She didn't say nothing but a word. That was a whole prophecy on my life. And so I had to, I really had to like take that in for a moment. Mm -hmm. And then lots of other people sort of echoed the same thing. Like ideal, you're just kind of, it's okay. Like you, you've got stuff that you need to do and it doesn't fit. Yeah. Anywhere you would go, a job description would be asking you, not that it's not a good organization or a good job or good work. But that's just that anywhere you go, you'd be getting asked in some way, shape or form to cut off a really essential and brilliant part of who you are mm-hmm. because you're just that much. Yeah. And I, you know, that was very humbling to hear that from people who I really respected mm-hmm. and loved that they thought of me that way. I was like, well, who am I for y'all to be talking about me? Right. Like, <laughs> um, but I just had, you know, I just had to like own more of that. And yeah. be like, oh, okay, okay. And then some of the difficulties and frustrations that I'd had in my various working um, uh, experiences, I think it. I real. I started to. It started to dawn on me, and I realized, like, yes, being independent does make more sense. Yeah. Um, and does alleviate some of those frustrations for me. You gain other frustrations, mm-hmm. but it alleviates the ones that I think kept me up at night more often. Yeah. Something you talked about is this piece around following your passion and lowering Mm -hmm. barriers. So can you talk more about that and other learnings that you've had along your journey around like following your passion? Yeah. I mean, you have to just, you know, there's a, there's a little trembling that starts to happen on the inside of you. Like, am I really about to put my neck out here and start doing these things? Can I do this? when I teamed up with, you know, there was a team of us that applied, for instance, to, to bring the Untokening Conference to Durham, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, at first I was like, are we ready to be doing all that? Like, I just stopped, stepped into this world but two seconds ago in terms of, like, urban and transit planning. And, and then I really had to think to myself, like, nah, girl, you've been battling as a community member with your local transportation and your state-level DOT since... 2006 Mm. like that like my g you are 14 some odd 13 years deep you've been in the game in doing this this tug of war with institutions that are deeply impacting your community and for context i live in what's known around here although when the new census comes out i don't know what it'll say but the old census the 2010 census tells us that i live in the poorest census tract of my city Mm -hmm. And with those challenges, I mean, there's a lot of joy, there's a lot of wonder and splendor in this community, but it also has a lot of challenges. And one of them is that we don't always get respect from the institutions that are supposed to be serving us. And they offer us pretty crappy 
effort and product, you know, with our money and then we pay mm-hmm. for it. Um, and so I think that if you are in touch with like, start with where you are and like what matters to you and what's hidden home to you. And for me, like that wasn't, you know, I've always been a pretty passionate person, but there were things that I felt like I couldn't pursue because I was so busy with my job, my day job. And so I just let go of all the other stuff, the staff meetings, the ex like the running around in committees that Mm -hmm. didn't go anywhere. Like I let go of that because I was like, wait, that's the stuff that feels like it's getting in the way of me being able to like attend the community meeting in my neighborhood that the city is unfortunately hosting at 10 a.m. when no residents can come. Right. Right. So it's like, what, what a gift it would be to my community if someone could be like, I'm going to witness you. Mm -hmm. Like if you're going to screw us over, you have to do it to my face. Right. And just being in the work. And then eventually people just started being like, can we just give you money for that? Cause like you're holding some stuff down. So I want to be clear. I left my job with no intention of working set myself up financially to do this with no intention of returning to work for a year mm-hmm. and just dug into my passion. But within four months, I was already being called in to paid contractual labor. <sighs> That's a word. So this is the thing, right? When people see that you are like unbought, unbothered, pure, getting to the point and you're about the business and I'm bringing, and I've always said, there's no talent you should take out to the streets. And in this case, the streets being like clients far and wide mm-hmm. through your professional, like through a, a employer employee relationship or through gig work, like that you're not going to bring home. So people saw how I took care of home yeah. and they're like, that is magic. We need to be giving you resources for that. Like that deserves pay. And so um, I think we've talked about this before. I don't feel like I hustled. I feel like I aligned. I just like Mm. said, this is my passion. I'm going to show up. And eventually people were like, A, like we think we should be giving you some resources for this because you're sitting at the nexus of all these different conversations. You are able to be the you know, the diplomatic convener of various people, people, you've earned the trust of folks we've never been able to get to the table. Um, You're convening conversations in a way that aren't making people feel like the life just got sucked out of them. There's just all these kinds of things that people will start noticing and being like, oh, you're doing that differently. Mm -hmm. And because I don't have to answer to someone who's like, oh, that's, that's, we've never done it that way before. We're not so sure we're willing to experiment that way. Right. You know? Yeah. Like, Yeah. Like I've gotten to bring in more of the arts, more spirit, more history, more of myself Mm -hmm. into the room. And people have been like, that's worth paying for. And sometimes way more than you would have asked for. Right. If you were in somebody's nine to five and doing these other things and committees. (laughs) And so so I think the the thing that has been so eye-opening that I can never unlearn anymore, like the lesson is that like, when you connect with like who you really are and offer that without apology, there is a hunger in the world for exactly what you have to offer. Yeah. Don't be worried about the folks who are like, Oh, I don't want to do this. Like, like dance with the person who shows up to dance with you, Mm -hmm. you know? And too often I think there's some, 
uh, ideas about like what's considered a high um, profile enough client or a big enough contract or whatever. But like, you know, I'm like Marie Kondo in this piece. Like if it sparks joy, I say yes. Yes. And if I feel hesitation or like a sense of like, oh, then I go ahead and say no, because that's not for me. And all money is not good money. Yeah. Um, Because part of what I transitioned out of my other jobs is to be free, right? Is to be free. And it doesn't feel like freedom if you're like, oh, I got to go work with these people. That doesn't feel like freedom. I didn't trade like a good salary with benefits and all the nines and the status and the glamour to be doing stuff I don't care about right. or doing it with people that like drive me crazy. And I'm not saying it's not hard work. What I'm saying is that like, it is my joy to do it. Mm-hmm. And that, and you, you know, there's that question, would you do it for free? You know, like, would you do this particular thing for free? Um, so don't hustle online. There's a hunger for who you are out there and you just have to find your people and find, find yourself and, you mm-hmm. and find people and that all money's not good money. Like yeah. every contract that someone waves in your face is not, you know, there have been some developers that I've have come. Oh, okay. You know, and I know what that is. They want to buy street credibility. Yeah. And with those folks, I'm like, nah, son, that's not how this works. Right. So I could fashion a process where they can invest, but not, not as a tool of their plans. Oh, this is a speaking a word to me, friend. Mm, okay, okay. <laughs> this is, this is good. I was like, I need to take a breath. <laughs> <laughs> so when you, um, when you think about throughout your journey, you talked about this piece around not doing things like making sure that the things that you're doing outside are the things that you're doing inside, inside being home, outside being like outside of the community. What have been some of the challenges that you have faced in ensuring that you're doing both of those things mm-hmm. um, or, or, or that piece, but it's mm-hmm. specifically as like a black woman that's navigating in the space of consulting in the midst of like the world. Yeah. I mean, so, you know, I've gotten the, like, out in the community, out in the world, like, outside of my own, like, knit community. Sometimes when I'm going, so there are tables, as you know, there are tables that are making decisions about you, and you're on the menu all mm-hmm. the time. All the time. And so interrupt, in my work, a lot of what I'm doing is, and, and, and I, I hesitate to call it in my work, but, like, in my body of work, in my life's work interrupting those spaces and being present for those processes is challenging because again, I have been very well taught how to, um, I guess like play the assimilation game. Right. And I think many of us have, Mm -hmm. and in my commitment to myself of showing up as myself and not playing to certain things, like not needing to feel like I need to wear like khakis and a button up shirt to these meetings. Right. So like, I wake up and I try my best to show up as myself. So if today's a yoga pants and sweatshirt type of day, because mm-hmm. I'm uh, passing out flyers in the morning and then, you know, to neighbors about like a local event, and then I have to run someone's kid to their childcare. And then that's when I have time to swivel over and meet y'all at y'all's little meeting about affordable housing. Although none of you have ever suffered housing insecurity in your life. Mm-hmm. Y'all the experts, y'all know. Right. So now I'm coming to your meeting and checking on what plans have you fashioned for us, you know, (laughs) 
and y'all are getting me in yoga pants and sweatshirts. Like, I think that a lot of times there is a piece of me that needs to remind myself not to shrink in that moment Mm -hmm. because I'm not meeting people's like, I'm often the youngest, the brownest, blackest, the most um, woman identified person in a room. And definitely by the measure of like generational wealth, often the poorest person in the room. Mm -hmm. And so I think that um, in in those instances, and I think that like remembering that I have every right to be there and on whose shoulders I stand and also the legion that I'm trying to invoke and bring into that room. Mm-hmm. And that that gives me all of the license <laughs> that I'm supposed to have to be in that space. So that that part is real. On a more practical note, in terms of challenges, it's like if you're doing all this, but you don't remember to like keep your receipts and like file your LLC right. <laughs> and like, <laughs> like all the other admin stuff. Like if you don't square, squirrel away at least one or two hours a week just to attend to those things so that they're not... Um, Cause what they do is they pop up as shame later. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. As I'm a fraud, I don't know how to do this business thing, whatever. And like figure, figure out what that system looks like for you. So one is a more like philosophical point about like your space right. world and how you can take that up. And the other one is just a more practical challenge, which is that like, we ain't like when you're starting a new business, you don't have deep pockets to be having like an admin support at your beck and call. Yes. It's not glamorous, you know? So it's like you do in the midst of all this moving and shaking need to say, I need to set aside time to like handle the guts, like the internal guts. Because often as a consultant, what I'm doing is helping coaching people, helping to coach other people through these things themselves and getting support. So it's like, I can't be having a messed up house and not knowing (laughs) how to ask for help. And so I keep my accountant on speed dial. So Mm -hmm. you and she's great. And I wish that I could pay her more. And so what I do is I do a ton of like business referral and I, and I work with other black women. So like my accountant is a black woman and she dope and we have very honest conversations and she fusses me out about stuff all the time. And, um, but yeah, like I try to be as like painfully honest about my shortcomings with her so that I can keep my house clean so that I can also be a bolder, more connected and like believable consultant and coach yeah. for things for other people who might be, for instance, going through a capacity building phase at a local nonprofit. Right. But it's an important player in this like collective work around like community development. Right. So for what that's worth, I try to be honest about my warts mm-hmm. as well and I try to be honest about when I'm scared. Yeah. I try to be honest about when I'm unsure or just frankly don't know something so that people can stop with this perfection is the requirement. Yes. Like, no, like we are all out here messed up. We, we all, we're, we're all working at it. We're all trying to figure it out. And I appreciate that you're modeling that as well. And also being transparent of like, I haven't figured it out. We, we can figure this out together. Um, I think of this saying in the country, you probably know this, sweep around your own front porch before you try to sweep around mine. And yep. so I constantly think about that. Like, I'm not about to sweep around yours if mine is still has some dirt and some mm-hmm. things there. So yep. Yep. yeah, just keeping that house in order and being okay that it's not in order at times because it, yeah. it won't be in order all the time. I just, I just have no interest. And I don't like literally, the, you know, one of my mentors, Cynthia Brown, um, who's passed away for several years now. Um, 
uh, one of the things that she, <laughs> and I've told her this story so many times when she was still alive, that like she really set me free from this curse of perfectionism. I was at an event where she was at and I had heard legend of her for way before I actually met her in the flesh. And I remember being at this convening with her and she was facilitating and somebody was asking her this question about like organizational life in the nonprofit world. And they asked her this question. And I just remember thinking as I heard the question, like that is a really hard and tough question to even understand, much less answer. Right. Mm -hmm. And she just looked at that man and took a breath and was like, you know, sir, I actually don't know. I don't know how to answer your question. I don't know. And in that moment, this woman who is just seen as such a giant in her field, mm-hmm. such well, like such a wealth of knowledge. I mean, she was like an ocean of knowledge. And yet here she was calmly and not at all ashamed telling this man that she didn't know. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm a, I, and you know what? Instantly I trusted her more. Yeah. And so after that, I was like, <gasps> If I tell people that I don't know something when I really don't know it, I am more trustworthy. So um, so that was an important early lesson. I think I was like 24, 25 when I got that. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm so glad she saved me because I was well on my way to know it all land. Yeah. Well on my way. Uh, I'm glad she dropped that. What other words of advice? Because you've been given some good ones thus far. So what other words of advice would you give to baddies who may be in the similar position that you were in at 24, mm-hmm. may have been thinking about something right now? Um, mm-hmm. what's, what's some words and gems you would give them? Um, and, you know, this is something I still struggle with now because, like I said, we're all getting consistently indoctrinated into this idea about, like, image and, per- and perfectionism and, like, what's that shine looking like? You know, you just want to come across a certain way, like, do it for the gram, you know, that kind of culture. And or for TikTok or whatever else is coming up, you know. <laughs> but I would say don't start with the sparkle, start with the substance, mm. you know. And so, like do you have a set of values and a vision for your business that guides decisions, right? Cause it's cute to be saying a bunch of stuff as a vision or a mission statement for your, for your business. But like it's those documents, those kinds of statements, value statements, mission statements, vision statements are meant to help you stay the course. They're meant to be North stars about, the the way you do business, mm-hmm. with who you will do business, under what circumstances you'll do business, what business you just will never do, right? Like right. who's out of bounds because it's outside of your ethic, your integrity, your model. Um, and so like there is a certain amount of definition and you do need to revisit it, you know? So at first I thought I was just going to do strategic planning and consulting and like a little bit of like event planning for certain kinds of topics. And now it's like, Oh, it's a little bit, you know, right. more than that now. Um, Cause we're hitting up on a year. Um, so I'm squarely in year one mm-hmm. <laughs> for the audience um, squarely in year one of business. Um, and so that's really been the thing is that I've tried not to rush that process and to really like feel it out. That's a very organic process. So I started with something, but the best advice that someone gave me, 
um, that got me on that. Don't worry about the sparkle yet. Like everybody was like, oh, do you have cars? Do you have a website? Are you digital? Are you this? And like, right. y'all, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I have not, I have not done a website. I got cards like four months ago mm-hmm. and um, I updated like my LinkedIn, but that's like it because most of it has been focused on the relationships. Yep. And like, by the time I launch a website, I want there to be people who are like, I would love to do your, like a little quote mm-hmm. recording you or whatever, you know, but my thing is like, everybody's rushing to do a website. But my question is like, have you finished your paperwork for being a historically underutilized business with the state of North Carolina? Right. Like, did you fill out your, you know, your accreditation for being a minority owned business basically? Right. Like, so we put certain carts before certain horses to our detriment and we have to understand that our energy and our hours are finite. So start mm-hmm. with the substance, not the sparkle. The sparkle will eventually come and you'll have the money to pay for it. <laughs> Once you get if, the substance down. If you get the substance, because people are not paying for a pretty design on a business card. They're paying right. for your expertise, the relationship. You have to have been in the room to get the connection, you know, all these kinds of things. So substance, not sparkle. But the thing that my... Um, one of my uh, colleagues here in the community who has been doing independent consulting work for over 20 years and is really well-respected. She told me, um, she said, you know, and this speaks to the whole like mission and vision thing. There are clients that, you know, clients come and go, requests will come and go. You're going to get stuff in your inbox all the time. You have to decide for yourself, what do you want to be able to say you did with your life? Mm -hmm. It's still your life. So like, what do you want to say you did with your life? So in my line of work, there's a lot of different things that people can ask of me because I'm sort of a jack of all trades. So the question is, like at the end of the day, do I want my work to be so helter skelter and all over the place that I can't name things that I actually feel like I contributed to seeing them through? And so I decided, oh, like there are things I want to see done in my community and in the world And the clients that belong to me, the work that belongs to me falls underneath bodies of work that I've decided for the the breadth of my life. Right. Right. So I I have to be satisfied at the end of this that I accomplished what I think God sent me to do. Right. And that I played my position, played my role, linked with those people and stayed the course as opposed to just chasing any request or any check that is so like, I know right now that the work I'm doing is going to, I'm probably going to run that course for another five or six years. Mm-hmm. And there's enough in there to do that. Yes. Yeah. And when you think about staying the course and connecting, just continuing this work in the community, where do you aspire to be in the next two to three years? I know you're in year one, but where do you aspire to be? <laughs> Um, so I really want to grow this work to other cities. So back to that, you got to do, do it at home. Like I'm not trying to import a certain model of doing work that partners local government with local community groups. I don't want to see that work done in such a way that I can't attest to as like, you know, so I'm work. I'm like working, I'm in the lab right now. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm fortunate that people are willing to like, fund the lab yeah, know, and fund the pilot work. And so once we know more, 
my hope is to be able to partner with other community-rooted groups in other cities and other municipalities linked to those community-rooted groups to like replicate this in other cities so that when people are building, so that other municipalities also turn the corner on engagement around um, like funding the capacity of community. Yeah. So, you know, that's, that's what I want to see happening in the future. That's like, that's like the big thing is like taking the show on the road. Hopefully for three. Yes. Yeah. Let's take the show on the road. I'll ride with you. I'll ride with you. (laughs) I'll I'll let you make the playlist because I think you have really good taste in music. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm about it. I'm about it. I bring bring the snacks. snacks. (laughs) Oh, we both. (laughs) Oh yeah, we can bring the cheese. We have a little cheese tray. (laughs) Yes, yes. I like my like salty sweet mix. Like I love it too. I love a good savory. I know savory and sweet together. It's so great. Oh. So where can we find you on the web if we want to support you? Yes. So I do have an Instagram named after the company, Idealisms, although you will not find a ton of my professional work on there. (laughs) Um, But you can find me on LinkedIn at Ideal Ortiz, Ideal A-I-D-I-L-O-R-T-I-Z. Okay. I'm going to put all of that in the description of the episode. So what are some closing um, baddie business tips that you want to leave us with today? I mean, just don't shrink from yourself. Don't shrink from yourself. I mean, the universe doesn't create waste. You know, Mm. you you are not waste. And anytime that you shrink from yourself, shrink from your full fullness, and the and all of the juicy things you have to offer the world, you are denying the world an essential thing that the universe created. You know, yes. like just, I think about my old housemate Monet Marshall, who like mentioned that quote about like the universe doesn't create anything that's not needed, mm-hmm. and like you, my friend, are part of that. You know, yeah. you out there listening are part of that, and so you don't need to apologize for your identity. And you need to be clear about your values and just don't shrink from yourself. Baddies, friends, thank you for joining another episode of Baddies with Business. For more details about today's feature baddie, check out the episode description box. I have included her Um, social media accounts, and also ways that you can stay up to date on all things baddies with business. If you're a baddie with a business or aspiring business and want to chat, I want to hear from you. You can contact me at baddieswithbusiness at gmail.com. If you want to support baddies with business and join the growing community of friends, consider joining the baddies with business Patreon community. The link for that is also in the description box. In closing, here's a word from the Lord, Audre Lord. When we speak, we are afraid our words will not be heard nor welcome. But when we are silent, we are still afraid. So it is better to speak. Be bad, be bold, be a baddie.